have so much anger. I feel like I've been raped in the face. Surprise! My name is Chadwick Suet, and I'm your host on this little shindig we like to take together every once in a while. Um, it's been a while since the last episode. I do apologize for that, but um, you know we're gonna get right into it. You guys voted. Here it is. Welcome to the Brick Factory. Um, okay, let's see. How should we start? The best part of waking up is a hard dick in your bum. Uh, let's see. Okay, welcome to Brick Factory is a phrase. Well, it's it's two things. The first thing it is is a um, it's a phrase that I like to use to describe a situation that has spiraled unbelievably and comically out of control. Um, for an example, if you're trying to have sex and your intoxicated mom comes in to the bedroom and has a like a plate of deep fried food and then tries to have a conversation or give you sex pointers or critique your technique that is welcome to the brick factory uh welcome to the brick factory is you're getting robbed by a person in mask and then you recognize their voice and it's like your cousin so uh you know you just kind of laugh it off the two of you because it's you're like related and uh that's somehow even more unnerving because now you realize that a family member is an armed robber so fucking welcome to the brick factory um, okay, we got a lot to go into tonight, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. It's Just bear with me, and uh, we'll get through this in one piece. Okay, so the second thing that uh, Welcome to the Brick Factory is. Brick Factory was a, um, it was an idea. It was an idea of mine, and I told a buddy of mine that I used to work with about this phrase that I just kind of explained to you. And he goes, man... That sounds like the name of a tag team. That sounds like the name of a wrestling tag team. The Brick Factory. And they show off their abs. And their abs are the bricks. And I, I just jumped right in and I'm like, right. And they don't have a six-pack. Each member of the tag team has a complete nine-pack. What's a nine-pack? How can you have nine abs? I'm going to tell you right now. Here's how it happens. You've got the initial six abs. Then you have two more additional abs off to the side, then inside of where your belly button would be, you have the ninth ab. That's the nine-pack abs. So, the tag team goes like this. It was me and a buddy, Greg, who were going to be this tag team if we ever... I mean, we weren't actually going to train and be this tag team, but if we did, we were going to be this tag team. And uh, Greg was an African-American fella. I, myself, am about as white as fucking white can be. So, the the gimmick went like this. Greg's the African-American guy. His ring attire was all white. I'm the Caucasian guy. My ring attire... My gear, my clothes would be all black. And we would claim to be identical twin brothers who were raised by a father who worked in the brick factory. And he worked himself to death to make sure that we could be pro wrestlers. How we were identical twin brothers, I don't know. That's not to be worried about. Don't concern yourself with it. It's not relevant. It's not relevant. We were identical twin brothers. Our father worked himself to the bone. We didn't. We had different mothers, too. I, I, I neglected to say that. We were identical twins who had the same father but different mothers. And uh, our father worked himself to the bone so we could be pro wrestlers. And so we, you know, to honor him, we became, we named ourselves the Brick Factor. We showed our nine-pack ab bricks. Greg was black with white, with white wrestling gear. I was white with black wrestling gear. We're supposed to be identical twins. The name of our finisher... The name of our finisher was called the Cinder Block Drop. We never fleshed out exactly what the Cinder Block Drop was going to be because we're not fucking pro wrestlers. But we thought it was a good idea for a gimmick. We thought it was pretty funny. And um, that all stemmed from the initial phrase of Welcome to the Brick Factory. So that explains Welcome to the Brick Factory and what it is. If you didn't enjoy it, hey, not my fault. You voted for it. Uh, moving on, okay, we got some other topics that I'd like to discuss tonight. Um, you know, shaving my balls. I've been shaving, uh, like grooming, you know, manscaping, I guess you could call it, for for years. And I, I don't really keep up on it, but when I do, I go the whole way. I go smooth like a fucking turtle shell, you know. And uh, I've, I've noticed that whenever I shave my balls, there are 
various things that I'm sure a lot of women have to deal with because, you know, the vagina is an internal organ and they probably have to deal with a lot worse than this. But I'm just a man who's uh, weak and complaining. But uh, there are things that I don't like about shaving my balls. Number one, getting ingrown hairs on my fucking nutsack. Getting an ingrown hair on my nutsack. First off, it looks like a pimple. It looks like I've got a little nutsack pimple. And uh, I, I catch myself looking at it in the shower and I'm like, I am disgusting. I am a disgusting person to have a pimple on my nutsack, but it's just an ingrown hair. Um, I do like the smoothness. That is nice, but then the hair starts growing back in and it causes razor burn, and that hurts. Um, there's also the razor nicking and cutting my the shaft of my penis and my nutsack. It hurts. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like bleeding uh, from anywhere to begin with on my body, nonetheless from my dick or my balls. It's not enjoyable for me. I'm sure it's probably not enjoyable for you guys to listen to. But hey, this is the element of surprise. You're going to hear some shit. You're going to hear some shit you never thought you'd want to hear. You're going to hear some shit I'm sure you don't want to hear. And I'm going to make sure you hear some shit that you don't want to hear. That's the whole point. Um, yeah, but so shaving my balls. It's been a thing, and I, um, I'm i going to keep doing it. I think I'm just going to keep doing it. You know, I'll deal with the repercussions myself. It's my it's my grave. I, I, I dug my own grave on this one, so I'll, uh, you know, I'll lay in it. Uh, moving on, I've been thinking a lot lately about, like, you know, there's a Walmart everywhere. Like, I live fucking uh, two football fields away from a Walmart. And, um, you know, everybody has a Walmart now. Everybody's got a department store. And it made me start thinking about, like, the old old department stores. And my favorite one was Hills Department Store out Monroeville. Anybody that knows uh, this area, lives around uh, the Pittsburgh area, the Monroeville, Pitt, PA area... New Hills Department Store. If you are over the age of 25, you knew Hills Department Store, and I loved Hills. Uh, you could not walk into that place without immediately smelling soft pretzels and popcorn. And uh, it had the best toys. It had the best toys at the time. Like you went, if you wanted to go to the to the toy section in the store, you went to Hills. You went out of your way to go to Hills because Hills was where the toys were. That was their that was their catchphrase. That was their phrase. That's how they marketed themselves. Hills is where the toys are. And every year for Christmas, they would have these these Christmas commercials with Santa in them and an elf. One of his little midget elves would be there, and the elf would be running around showing off like the 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 like the newest hottest toy, like uh, like the Optimus Prime transformer with that uh, came with the uh, transformed into a truck, it turned into a truck. It was amazing, and Santa would, you know, he'd be shaking his finger at him. Don't don't give those toys away yet. It's not Christmas yet. We got to find out if the kids have been good or bad before I can go to Hills Department Store and load up on uh, toys to take around on Christmas Eve. They, they were the best fucking commercials. You can uh, YouTube them and watch them on YouTube, actually. I, I And they, they're hilarious. They're, they're wonderful, but they're also very nostalgic. It takes me back to whenever I was a kid and how great things were when I was a kid uh, growing up in the 1980s and the early 90s. It was wonderful. And it always, it always amazed me how uh, Ames how Ames department store uh, lasted longer than Hills. I never never understood that because Ames was just garbage. Ames was just absolute garbage. And then Sam's Club has become the, and Walmart has become the fucking biggest thing in the world, which, you know, I just think is shameful because Sam Walton is was, was human garbage. And, uh, you know, I mean, I could get into a whole rant on Walmart, but that's not why I'm here tonight. That's not why I'm here. That's not what we're talking about. Um, we were talking about Hills Department Store and how wonderful it is. And if anybody out there within the sound of my voice remembers Hills and enjoyed Hills Department Store, you know, contact me. We will we will talk the nostalgic days of going into Hills Department Store. You could not leave there without getting a bag of popcorn. You couldn't leave there without getting a soft pretzel and some melted cheese to dip the pretzel in. And uh, it was wonderful. I, I I miss Hills Department Store. I would if there was if there's a Hills out there that's still operational. Someone let me know. I will I will I will make it a, like a family vacation. I will take my my family there. I will take my son there, and I will show him how awesome Hills Department Store is. I don't believe there is one, but if there is, contact me, let me know. I want to go back to Hills Department Store, and I want to see Hills where the toys are. I want my soft pretzel, and I want my bag of popcorn, and I want to see the little elf. I want the elf to come up to me, and I want to, I want to shake his little sausage fingers like Billy Barty, God rest. Um, okay, moving on. I work in a very small office, very small office, and... Um, I've mentioned before about my work, uh, and that there's only like seven of us, seven or eight of us in the office, and um, it's it's very t- small. It's t- 
tight. So if you microwave something, everyone can smell it. And uh, recently, <laughs> recently, somebody microwave what? I'm I'm not joking. I I can only assume it was a human fart. It, it smelled like somebody had like a like a leftover like you know how if you've been out drinking all night and then you wake up and you eat like some runny eggs for breakfast and then you eat like three day old chicken or maybe a turkey leg and then, <laughs> then like <laughs> four hours go by and then like your gut starts doing stuff and then you go you take a huge liquid shit because of all the beer from the night before and you just shit out just pure liquid and that smell that smell that sound that smells like a, like a dead cat carcass wrapped inside of like raw sewage that was the smell coming out of the microwave somebody microwaved that smell i don't know what it was it could have been fish it could have been some sort of food but i'm i'm convinced i'm 100% convinced that what they microwaved was like a four-day-old turd or fart that they were like, oh, man, I know this fart's going to be stinky. And they got themselves a Tupperware container and held it underneath their bare ass and farted and quickly shoved the lid on it so that way they could keep this keep this nugget of joy for whenever they got uh, hungry. And, which you know, that leads me into the idea that maybe this person's eating shit. And I, I don't even, you know, that's a whole other concept for another time. Like, I don't, I don't have the willpower to discuss that right now. But so anyway, they, you know, whoever it was, and I don't know who it was. I'm not sure if it was one of my bosses or a coworker, but, you know, they, 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 were, they the microwave was on. And I'm working, I'm focusing on my work. And I was particularly busy, so I couldn't really see, you know, I wasn't paying attention to my outward surroundings. But then the smell just starts emanating over me, and it's permeating my skin and my teeth. Like, I could feel, I could taste it, I could smell it, I could feel it in my eyes. And I'm like, what is that? that that's a fart. What, what, where is that coming from? That's coming from the microwave. That's coming from the fucking microwave. Somebody microwaved the fart, and it is now my mission in life to determine who microwaved the fart and what kind of fart it was. What did they eat previously that made this fart smell so bad? And why microwave it? Why did, you know, aren't farts bad enough? Aren't they heated enough coming out of your, your you know, like, a, that, like the, hot, the hot worst fart that you can describe coming out of your ass that makes your asshole burn? Isn't that like a hot enough fart anyway? Why would you need to heat that up? Why would you need to put that in the microwave and heat that up? I don't want that heated up. I don't want I, I I don't need a hot fart destroying my work area. I had to go outside. I came home from work that day and I took an extra long, extra hot shower and I scrubbed myself with that charcoal soap that like really gets into you because I was I was soiled. I was sullied and uh you know, besmirched by the scent of this microwave fart. It it destroyed me as a person. I, I don't think I was, I mean, anybody that knows me knows I'm not, you know, the most mentally stable person in the world to begin with, but that, that one fucked me up for a few days. Like, I was afraid to go to work. It had my anxiety going, like, I'm like, oh man, if I go into work and it smells like that fart, I'm going to fucking leave. I'm going to fucking punch somebody in the face. I don't want to go there, because it was that bad. I mean, I... I could go on about it all night. You had to be there to smell it yourself. I don't envy anybody out there in the world. I don't envy anybody out there that's had to live, or in my office rather, that had to, that was there that day and had to live with this. And nobody talks about it. Nobody in that office, you know how there's office gossip? Nobody in the office was like, oh man, did you smell that? It smelled like they were microwaving a fart. And I'm, that shocks me more than anything because I, I, I want somebody to talk about this. It needs to be addressed. This is not like the elevator situation where there's a bunch of people packed in the elevator and you just don't you just ignore it and just mind your own business. This is an office where we all have to work together. This is in the elevator. It doesn't the doors don't open. Everybody gets out and goes about their business and you don't see each other again. Everybody sees everybody for eight nine hours a day. Nine hours a day we see each other because we get an hour lunch break. Half the time none of us really get to take, but that's not that's not relevant. Um, What's relevant is we see each other all day. How can this have gone on and nobody's talked about it? This needs to be brought up. I need to know. I need to know who microwaved the fucking fart. Who microwaved the fart? It's going to drive me. It's my one-armed man now. This is my one-armed man. This is my obsession. This is my character arc. This is. It, if it takes me the rest of my life, I will find out. I will find out who microwaved the fart. 
If anybody wants to get in on me with this, we, I, we will do stakeouts. We will follow each and every person that I work with around in their lives. We will we, and wait for them to leave. We'll sneak it around with them and we'll follow them into bathrooms and wait for them to leave. And they'll be and I'll, I'll go in. <sniffs> nope, that's not the odor. That's not it. It wasn't them. They didn't microwave the fart because that fart smelled different. And we will find out who it is. If anybody wants in on this, let me know. Let me know. I want... This is this is my fucking character arc. This is my Szechuan sauce now. I need to know who microwave the fart. I'm obsessed. Okay, all right, all right. You know that we, that's that's going on for way too long. All right, moving on, moving on. Um, currently, um, anybody that knows me knows that I have a. Uh, oh my god, I have such a love of the worst possible music on the radio, like um, you know Bonnie Tyler, Total Eclipse of the Heart. Great song, very bad song. I love that song. I will play that over and over and over again. Um, you know, uh, currently my favorite is Despacito by Luis Fonsi with Daddy Yankee. I hear that song, and, um, you know, anybody that's a wrestling fan out there will get this instantaneously. Do you remember when uh, Eddie Guerrero, Latino Heat, would come out and he would do his shimmy? He'd take his arms out and he'd shimmy his shoulders around. I do that every time the song is on, even when I'm driving, which is incredibly dangerous. But I feel like that song's on that no matter where I'm at, I should just disrobe, da- take my shirt off, and just start shimmying. And I weigh a buck twenty-eight. best case scenario. I look like a skeleton that still just has its skin on it. So the idea of me shirtless doing the Eddie Guerrero shimmy to Desposito is uh, its an asinine thing. But if anybody wants to see that, I'll, I'll do that. I will do that for you. I do it anyway. Um, I play this song at home. My fiance, I'm pretty certain, is at some point in time going to murder me in my sleep because of it. And when my son hears that song, he just goes, Dad, no, get it out of my head. Get it out of my head. Put your shirt on. And he's five. He's five. So that's the reaction from a five-year-old. That is how much I'm obsessed with this song right now. And, um... You know what? I, I'm going to continue to do it. It's it's not safe for me. It's not safe. If the, if the show ends abruptly, then you know that I've been murdered in my sleep because uh, by either my fiance or a five year old or my five year old son because I wouldn't stop taking my shirt off and shimmying like a Latino heat at them to Despacito. But um, you know that's uh, that's my current obsession. Not not as deep as my obsession with who microwaved the fart. That's that's more like a mission. That's like a life goal. But uh, Desposito is like a passing fancy that I'm currently having. Um, okay, I, I, I wanted to get into, you know, I noticed something the other day. I was, turn, uh, you know, woke up to get ready for work, and I turned on the TV, and the news was on. I was just bored to, bored to hell with the news. So I uh, went flipping through the stations, and I noticed that, um, like, at, like, 6 o'clock in the morning and, like, 5.30 in the morning on certain channels, they have old cartoons on, like G.I. Joe and shit. And that got me thinking about, like, the old 80s cartoons that I grew up with. And uh, there are a bunch of, like, really forgotten 80s cartoons that, uh, you know, I, even I forgot about. Like, you know, everybody knows, like, G.I. Joe and the Thundercats and He-Man and Go- the real Ghostbusters and shit. Those are the classics. But, uh, you know, the Transformers, those are the classics. But, uh, you know, there was RoboCop, the animated series, based off the RoboCop movie. And apparently there were actually a few RoboCop cartoon incarnations, but uh, the original one from the 80s, from it was from 1988, they only did 12 episodes, and uh, you can look this up on YouTube, the opening of that, it was a cartoon show for children, and the opening animation for it literally shows Clarence Boddicker and his men mowing down Alex Murphy, gunning down Alex Murphy like in the movie, but they animated it, and then they turned him into RoboCop. And um, it is one of the most graphic openings to a cartoon I have ever seen. It's amazing. And uh, you know what? I'm going to post the video to that on the uh, Element of Surprise Facebook page and, as well as others. Then, um, you know, I, 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 so I did my research. There were also the Snorks. You know, everybody knows the Smurfs, but who knows the Snorks? The Snorks were basically Smurfs under the water. And uh, yeah, that's, that's basically it. That's what the Snorks were. They were the Smurfs under the water. Um, there were also popples, which were also kind of like Smurfs and Snorks, but they were just like cute. They were more like on like the uh, strawberry shortcake spectrum of things. Um, for those Transformers fans out there, there was the incredibly cheap, pure ripoff Challenge, Challenge of the Go-Bots. Go-Bots. And there was that. There was the ALF cartoon. Um, 
you know, that took place before he came to Earth. It all took place with Alf and his own species on Malnak, which was, uh, you know, that, that to me, just that concept is amazing. It's like, first off, Alf is an amazing concept. Nonetheless, the, the fact that it got a, um, an animated children's cartoon that uh, took place on his home planet was amazing. They ate cats on his planet, and not one time in any of those cartoons did they ever show him being served a cat. See, which with that, that bothered me. I mean, I'm, you know, you could be a cat lover or not. That's not relevant right now. But I always wanted to see Alf eat a cat. They they build that up for the entire show, and then for the entire animated show, they built up that they eat cats, and not one time did I see him eat a fucking cat. But that's you know that's always bugged me. Um, moving on, there was also Denver the dinosaur. Does anybody out there remember Denver the dinosaur? Because I actually do. This is where two kids in like the eighties in Los Angeles find a dinosaur egg and uh, it hatches and out comes this dinosaur that they name Denver. So what do these 80s kids uh, do with their new pet dinosaur that, they, that they've hatched? Put sunglasses on it and teach it how to play guitar because they got to start a rock band. That's obviously the, uh, that's, that's the only way to go. I mean, you find a supposedly extinct species and what do you do? You get your own dinosaur pet? No. Rock band. Denver the dinosaur rock band. Look it up. It was a real thing. And, um, you know, those are some of the more forgotten 80s cartoons. I, uh, you know, there's there's so many more that you can look into, but th- those ones were the ones that really stood out for me and the ones that I thought should be discussed here. So, let's see. Let's see. What else do we have for you tonight? Um, so, my son... We, we, we sort of adopted a stray cat. My son uh, kind of lured this stray cat into our backyard because, uh, you know, he likes cats. He likes kitty cats, and that's fine. You know, I mean, I've never been a big cat person, but he, he's a big cat person. He's a cat person through and through, and that's great. And he wants a kitty cat, but, you know, I mean, I've got like a semi-allergy to them. Like if I'm around them too long, the dander makes my eyes turn red and get puffy, and, you know, I have trouble breathing. So can't really have a cat, and I'm worse with ferrets, especially, like, ferrets, if I spend, like, 10 minutes in a room with a ferret, I get uncontrollable to the point I can't breathe, so, you know, needless to say, they can't really have a kitty cat, but uh, there was a stray cat that's been, you know, kind of walking around and everything, so he lured it into our yard, and, uh, you know, we just started feeding it, and uh, so it's been coming around, it's kind of like our outdoor, like our outside cat, that way he kind of gets a kitty cat, but it's not really our cat. And so um, we were coming up with a, you know, we're like, buddy, all right, so it's like your outdoor cat. And, you know, we, you know, I'm a parent. We did the uh, responsible thing here. We checked the cat out, made sure it didn't have like mange or ticks or anything like that. We got it a flea collar and, you know, the flea stuff. And we've been feeding it and make sure it's taken care of. And it's, you know, it it clearly, first off, it it also makes me pretty upset about the way people treat animals these days. Because this was clearly someone else's house cat that they just abandoned. And it's been, it was recently abandoned. Because you could tell by the way it reacts to, you know, myself, my fiance, and, our, and uh, my son, that it's it's a person's cat. It's a people cat. It knows it's been around people. It was probably raised by people. It loves people. It's a very affectionate, very loving cat. It doesn't doesn't hiss, doesn't uh, scratch, doesn't get upset. Just wants to kind of like sit there and you know, shit. You could just talk to it and it'll sit there and just meow at you and like rub itself on your on your leg and stuff like that. And it. It's just a happy cat. But anyway, the point of this is, uh, we, you know, we asked uh, my five-year-old, what do, you, what, do you, what do you want to name this cat since it's been coming around? Uh, what, do, what do you name your cat? He chose the name Bagel. Like like a bagel. Like what you put cream cheese on. And like you toast it and you put cream cheese on. That's what he wanted to name the cat. So uh, the cat was, for a short time, referred to as Bagel. We... Um, we we got him, convinced him to change the name of the cat to Eureka. That uh, apparently took some convincing, but uh, yeah, for for a short while we had a cat called Bagel. And then there's this other random black black cat that like you know like the Halloween style black cat that slinks up in the middle of the night and it steals Bagel's cat food or uh, Eureka's cat food. See now I'm calling the fucking cat Bagel. It steals Eureka's cat food, and it this this cat's creepy. Like Eureka, not creepy. Good cat. It's actually, she's actually made me more of a cat person. But uh, this, this, this black cat, creepy-ass cat, I don't like it. I don't like it, I don't want it around. Um, you know what, I, I want to take, take a moment real quick. I've noticed uh, for some of these episodes that um, 
whenever I'm checking back on Podomatic to see how those shows are faring, I'm noticing I'm getting a lot of listens in Wichita, Kansas. Um, and I, I know what you're thinking. What? What the fuck? Wichita, Kansas? Yeah, me too. I thought that too. Apparently, we're very popular in Wichita. So I don't know why. But, uh, you know, I'd like to say throw a shout out to whoever you are in Wichita. Thank you. And, um, you know, join the, the Element of Surprise group on the Facebook. Just, uh, you know, I, let us know who you are. Let us know why you like the show. Or if you, don't, if you just listen to make fun of me, let us know that too. You know, j- join up and uh, be part of the Element of Surprise. Be part of the EOS Army. And uh, thank you, Wichita, Kansas. Those, those are words I never thought I'd say. That's a sentence that I never thought I'd say out loud. Jesus Christ. Thank you, Wichita, Kansas. Um, okay. Moving on. Uh, a friend of mine uh, by the name of Dave McCants, good guy, and uh, he, he brought up a concept about how today you can customize everything. People are customizing their cars, they're customizing their clothes, they're customizing their phones, and he's like, I, I want to custom, he wanted to customize uh, his death and his funeral, and that got me thinking, what would my custom funeral be? What would my custom death be? be? What would my custom funeral be? What would the Grim Reaper be wearing if I got to customize everything from the way I died through my funeral? And so after thinking about it long and hard, I came up with this. First off, do you guys remember the little rascals? Remember what Alfalfa wore with like that, like the shorts and like that little, like it looked like one of those suits like Eddie Munster wore too, but like he had that hair. Death is dressed like Alfalfa from the little rascals. And he comes up to me with a balloon with a, a blue balloon and he hands me the balloon and the balloon floats me up in the sky and then pops and I plummet to my death so that's my customized death uh, just because I think the concept of the Grim Reaper dresses alfalfa is hilarious then uh, we move into the funeral so here's what I want at my funeral and anybody out there um, that is you know within the sound of my voice I want you guys to write this down here's what I need here is what I need at my funeral for it to be correct Okay, here we go. First off, I need a sad clown. I need a very sad clown who's, you know, like laugh crying and throwing pies, uh, whipped cream pies in the faces of uh, my friends and loved ones as, uh, as they come to witness my funeral. I need midgets. I need midgets dressed, a chorus of midgets dressed as angels, like, the, you know, the typical biblical angels, singing St. Elmo's Fire by John Parr. I need Christoph Waltz and Jeff Goldblum sitting at a table in the back having crumb cake and tea while they discuss the events of my life via slideshow. I want my corpse to be strung up like a marionette and dance around to the uh, midget angel singing St. Elmo's Fire. And uh, last but not least, the marionette corpse of mine needs to be laid on a Viking funeral pyre so that way the St. Elmo's Fire makes sense. And... um, Kind of like Darth Vader at the end of Return of the Jedi. And then I need my ashes to be scattered into the winds. Someplace that someone thinks I, thinks I would think is nice. I haven't decided on the place yet, but whenever I do, I'll get back to this and I'll let everybody know. Those are the things I need for my own custom death and funeral. Um, hopefully not for a long time coming. And, uh, alright, so I want to get to one more thing. I want to get to some stories about, uh, see, the, 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 the little trailer we live in in Delmont is uh, very nice. It's right near the AMC Theater, the Delmont Comic Cinemas Theater, that's now the AMC Theater out there. And, um, you know, it's, it's where I live, and it's a, it's a nice little place. It doesn't look like much from the outside, but we've made it home on the inside. But uh, we, do have, uh, we do have some interesting neighbors. And uh, the ones that I want to bring up, uh, right now, the ones that I'd say have the most impact and probably the best stories would be uh, a former neighbor who we just called Crazy, as well as the neighbor that took her place, who I have been referring to as uh, Slipknot or Mudvane, because the guy is clearly around my age, in his like mid-30s, early to mid-30s. You know, he was, he's, he's definitely around my own age. But he's still wearing, like, Jinko jeans. And, uh, you know, if you don't know what Jinko jeans are, look them up. Most people listening to this probably know what Jinko jeans are. He's still wearing, like, imagine this. Six foot two, 135 pounds, black Jinko jeans, 
black mudvane t-shirt, black hair with like red tips, like the tips of his spiked up hair are dyed like red, and I don't mean like ginger red, I mean like blood red, and a pair of glasses, unwashed face, barely shaved, but the only thing, the only facial hair that grows is more ridiculous than whenever I try to grow, try to grow facial hair, it's like half a mustache and like just the chin, just the tip of the chin. And, it's, and that's blonde for some reason, so you barely even notice it. Um, and that, that's, slip, that's Slipknot or Mudvayne or whatever I decide to call him next, uh, you know. And, uh, and, and his friend, his little group of friends, someone we call Straight Outta Delmont and uh, the Ohio Dance Crew. But uh, let's, let's get to Crazy first, because she lived there first. Uh, Crazy was a lady that, um, she, she was straight up schizophrenic. She was straight up schizophrenic. And, you know, I feel bad for her, like, on an emotional and mental level because of what she, I'm sure she was going through. But uh, this is a woman that I would see in the mornings before I go to work or in the afternoons when I come home from work. And she would wave to me, and I'd wave, and she'd go, Hi, how are you? How was your day? And I'd say, It was good. And then she'd start yelling at imaginary cats, like, outside of her house, in public. She would she would start yelling at imaginary cats or, uh, you know, she, she got into a fist fight with a tree. Um, I, I've seen her get into a fight with herself. She started getting into a fight with herself. Every time she would take her garbage out to the, to the, to the trash, she would, I, I, I caught her smashing her trash a few times. I caught her using bags of trash as, like, you know, swinging, swinging bags of trash around to hit other bags of trash. And, uh, you know, because she was schizophrenic, like, I, I, you know, I'm sure she was seeing something or going through something that I'll never fucking understand or possibly know. But, uh, you know, to, to watch this from an outside point of view, having just moved here with a, with a, at the time, a three-year-old, terrifying. Absolutely terrifying to know that, like, ten feet distance away from my front door is a lady who is currently trying to stomp on uh, snakes that don't exist. Or, uh, you know, a lady that is coming outside calling her vacuum a motherfucker because apparently it wronged her in some way, manner that I'll never know. So that, you know, that that's crazy. And the thing is, is she's still around. I catch her walking around Delmont, like around like the area. Like, I don't know if she thinks that she still lives here or if that, uh, you know, she just is so familiar with her surroundings that she just walks around. And she, she's, you'll know her when you see her because from the waist up, she's dressed in like a clean shirt. And like, you know, just like a clean t-shirt or long sleeve shirt from the waist down, it's always a pair of pink or light blue pajama bottoms. And I swear to Christ, I think she owns a pair of orange, like Crocs, like the kind you get in prison. And those are her shoes. And uh, she'll ask you from time to time, like, oh, she'll wave and say, if you're a smoker like I am, she'll say, hey, can I bum a cigarette? And she'll thank you. And she's very polite. But then as soon as you're like going away she she will, you know, like, break your cigarette that you gave her in half and, you know, start yelling at herself about how, you know, mama told her not to smoke and shit like that. And it, it, it's it's very frightening. It's very concerning. I, I, I do wish her the best and hope that, you know, she is getting some sort of help for her situation. I, I, I hope that whenever she did move uh, out of this area, she moved in with somebody that can help her out and take care of her. But that was crazy. Um, now, crazy was replaced by Slipknot and his, uh, his friend straight out of Delmont, who I, I think, I think might live there sometimes. I'm not sure. And, uh, New York and the Ohio dance crew. Now, New York, we call New York because he's got a license. His car has a license plate that says he's from New York, but, um, he never seems to go back to New York because he's always fucking here. He, like, lives with fucking Slipknot. And Straight Outta Delmont is a guy that, when the Straight Outta Compton movie came out and they started doing those Straight Outta Everything memes, this guy bought a t-shirt that said Straight Outta Delmont, and he wears it proudly. He wears it like it is, like, hey, you know where I'm from? Where, where, where are you from? Oh, you're from Detroit. Huh. I'm from Delmont, motherfucker. Like, that's the attitude you kind of get this guy from this guy because of where he wears this. And he, and he rides around Delmont on his bicycle with his straight out of Delmont shirt on and a backpack filled with God knows what because he's from Delmont and he wants everyone to know that he's the baddest guy. He's the coolest guy in Delmont. He's straight out of Delmont. He's the, you know, because that's, that's how I want to be remembered. 
I live in Delmont. I want to be remembered as, oh, what do you remember about, best about Chad after I have my, uh, my, my sad clown funeral with the midget angel singing St. Elmo's Fire? People, whenever people were thinking about you know me, oh, what do you remember best about Chad? Oh, was he a nice guy? Oh, was he a good father? Was he, uh, fun- was he funny? Do you remember his uh, podcast, The Element of Surprise? No, I remember that he was from Delmont. No, that's not what I want to be remembered for. This guy, that is his goal. You could tell. That is his goal in life. He is straight out of Delmont. When he's gone, when years from now, when generations pass, you know, they're telling the story of Achilles. Oh, the, the Achilles. Oh, he was, you know, strong as the gods, but he, he had a weak heel. They, you know, they'll tell the legend of Achilles, or they'll tell, uh, you know, the, the, the stories of Zeus and Mount Olympus, and then they'll get to, they'll get to this guy, and they'll be like, oh, what, what was memorable about him? Oh, he was from Delmont. He was straight out of Delmont. That's that's how he's going to be remembered. So anyway, I I went way into straight out of Delmont, but uh, so Slipknot, uh, Mudvayne Slipknot, Slipknot. You know that's going to be his name. Slipknot is his first name, and Mudvayne will now be his last name. So his name is Slipknot Mudvayne. So uh, Slipknot Mudvayne moves into Crazy's apartment, and he's a nice enough fellow. I mean, I mean, yes, he's clearly stuck between the years of 1999 and 2003. Um, those were the best years of his life. He, that's where he figured out who he is, and he's not moving on from that in the least. You know, I mean, if if the song, if the music doesn't start with, oh, wah, he doesn't give a shit. It's not the right music for him. So he moves in, and uh, along with him comes the Ohio Dance Crew, which is a, uh, just a group of friends that come in a, in a van from Ohio. And they what they do is they park right out front of his house, right out front of his little apartment, and they leave the doors and the back of their van open, and they blast their fucking music. And here's here's the set list. Here here's here's the uh, music that you can expect. You can expect the very first Linkin Park album. <laughs> you can expect <laughs> Disturbs Down with the Sickness. You can expect any Slipknot album, any Mudvayne album. You can expect. Corn. Uh, you can expect a lot of corn from like the late '90s and the early 2000s, and they will play this starting starting at 11 o'clock at night and ending somewhere around 4:30. And what are they doing? Just standing in a parking lot, listening to their music all night, talking. I sat there in my kitchen one night. I couldn't turn away. I had to just watch them. I kept going back over to the window in the kitchen, just looking out. Because looking out my kitchen window, I see directly to where they were, like directly in front of his apartment. And I, I, I couldn't turn away. I just kept going back over there every 15, 20 minutes. You know, first off, I was pissed because as a father with like a four-year-old, my kid is trying to sleep. And they know I have a kid because he's outside playing in the yard. They see him. I know this. He was outside playing in the yard all day. I know fucking Mudvayne Slipknot knows Slipknot Mudvayne knows that, that we have a child, so he should know better. And uh, secondly, you know, I, secondly, I was just I'm like, oh my god, so a lot of this is really good music. But you know, by the third time that whenever you like, you know, I'm a Disturbed fan. I like the band Disturbed. I'm a big fan of pretty much all of their work. I know that they have more than two songs. I know this because I own most of the albums. They have a lot more than two songs. So, after the fourth time that they played uh, the cover of Shout, Down With The Sickness, and, um, you know, uh, In The End, by, in Linkin Park's In The End, I'm like, okay, they need to do something. Uh, th- this, this, needs to be, this needs to end. So I go over there, and I look to see what they're doing, and they're not doing anything. They're just, like, half of them are just standing there, staring at the other at the other half who are just dancing and i'm not talking like it's not like they're drunk and they're just having a good time dancing i mean they're just they're dancing they're like trying to make a mosh pit with six people and only three of those people are moshing to these same five songs and uh this went on to like five o'clock in the morning so i'm like okay so uh that's that's why I called them the Ohio Dance Crew. I'm like, this is the Ohio Dance Crew, and that's a, you know, I, I now every time they come over, I go, oh, shit. And uh, I, I, another thing is, this was on a Sunday night. Like, you know, it would make sense to me, like a Friday, Saturday, you get your buddies over, you hang out. You know, I, I was young once, even though they're the same fucking age, and 
if not older than I am. You know, I know what it's like to hang out and party with your buddies and do some shit in the middle of the night. You know, I've had some great times. Uh, I've got stories I could tell and everything like that. Maybe I, I probably shouldn't. I don't want to incriminate anybody. But uh, you guys, you guys know who you are. But um, shit, I got stories. I got stories that uh, that no one knows about. I got stories about that only me and my fiance and a few others know about that would fucking make half the stories I I want to tell fucking you know shit their pants if they knew better. But moving on. So Ohio Dance Crew does this till like 4.30 in the morning, and then uh, Slipknot Mudvayne apparently gets tired and he has to go to bed because the sun's coming up and he's a fucking vampire. You can't be seen in the sun, he'll turn to ash. So um, he goes in, and they you know, they all leave. They, they stay out there for like 15, 20 more minutes on their own and turn down the music, uh, get in their van, and then they proceed to, I guess, drive back to Ohio from from Delmont, Pennsylvania. That's what they came out for, was just to dance in the parking lot and try to create a three-person mosh pit all night. But, um, so they finish doing that, and I guess they drive back to Ohio. So then, uh, Slipmont Mudvayne comes back out, and, uh, you know, New York is there, and straight out of Delmont's there. And, um, what else does Slipknot Mudvayne do? He likes to grill. And I, I don't mind that, because I like to grill. I like to grill at a point in the day where, you know, what I'm grilling is for dinner, or maybe if I'm having some people over grill later in the evening, but, you know, it's definitely before 10.30 at night, but not Slipknot Mudvan. He will fire up his grill. <laughs> he will fire up his grill at 10.30 at night, and he will sit outside of his apartment, and I'm not making this up. He will fire up his grill at 10.30 at night, and he will sit outside of his apartment, and he will grill entire racks of ribs and steaks and burgers and hot dogs and enough food to feed a small army. And I don't know what he does with it because it's not like the Ohio dance crews here. It's not like straight out of Delmont's over to visit. What does he do? He's one person. The guy weighs 130 pounds. What is he doing with all this food? I don't know. I mean, New York is a bigger guy, but I don't think New York is eating that much. You know, I mean, maybe he's trying to put some weight on. Maybe, maybe he's, maybe he's preparing for winter. Maybe he's cooking it all now and he's freezing it so that way over the winter he doesn't need to cook because he knows he won't get to grill at 10:30 at night with his charcoal, delicious charcoal smell, smelling food permeating my house and making me hungry in the middle of the goddamn night when I'm trying to sleep. Um, I don't know. So those those are some of the things that go on with uh, Slipknot Mudvayne and uh, stuff like that. But. Uh, Oh, and you know what else? You know what else? Him and uh, him and a few of his him and a few of his buddies did recently that uh, just blew my fucking mind. Is I was sitting down, and I was eating dinner. I was eating dinner with my family, and I get up and I go over to my kitchen sink. And like I said earlier, I can look out my kitchen window and I can see directly to his apartment. And uh, I look out my kitchen. I'm, I'm over by my kitchen sink trying to wash my dishes, and I look out the window and I turn to my fiance. I say, "Hun, there's a fucking tent outside." They built a four-person tent out front of his apartment, I guess, to camp out in at like 7 o'clock. Now, keep in mind that this is a parking lot. This is a gravel parking lot where people park their cars. There are people that use this as a shortcut back and forth all the time. That, And a lot of these assholes don't pay attention at all. So they're going at like 30 miles per hour through a place that you should probably go no faster than 5 they put their tent, like, directly in the middle of where these people are driving. So I guess they're going to have a camp out that night. I don't know. I, I didn't stick around to see what was going on. We went out and we did some shit. We went up to Walmart and we had a, you know, we had a, a good night and didn't concern ourselves with, uh, you know, Slipknot Mudvayne's fucking tent party. And they, they, well, they were proud of themselves, too. Usually, like, they built a tent. They built a big tent. It was like one of those four-person sleepers in New York and uh, straight out of Delmont and Slipknot Mudvayne and some girl were there. And I, I, I guess maybe they were going to have like a four-way tag team on this girl in the fucking tent. And maybe that was why he didn't want to do it in his apartment because those things get messy and, you know, you you got to live there. You got to live there. There are certain things, certain stains just never come out. But uh, so they had their tent. And uh, Apparently that's 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 my life now. Is uh, you know I wake up, I go outside, and I don't know what's going to happen. There might be a tent in my parking lot, right in front of where my van is parked. There could be uh, there could be a guy grilling at at, at seven thirty or in the morning, you know, because he's he just wants to. You know that that would make sense though. I, there there could be a guy grilling at like twelve thirty at night, twelve thirty at one o'clock in the morning, just because 
you know, he had a hankering for a rack of ribs. But uh, those are some of my stories. I thank you guys for uh, tuning in this week and checking us out. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to do the housekeeping now. Um, you know, if you want to hear this episode as well as any of the previous ones, you can check us out on Podomatic.com. Um, it's free. You don't need to sign up, but if you sign up, you can actually like our show, and every new episode comes straight to you. Um, apparently, we are on iTunes as well, I found out. So, you know, like us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes. It's for free, and uh, every, every new episode will come right to you. Um, you know, check us out on Facebook.com at uh, Facebook.com backslash EOS Mentally Irregular. You can like us there, follow us there, review us there. Um Check that page for updates. Uh, I always post links to the new episodes there as well. Uh, you can join the Element of Surprise group as well. And, uh, you know, discuss the Element of Surprise. I do polls. I try to have fun. I try to get everybody, uh, people involved. Um, it just makes it a better show, makes it a funner experience for me, and I hope makes it a funner experience for you as well. Um, to check us out on Podomatic, it's uh, EOS, Mentally Irregular, all one word, .podomatic.com like us there, follow us there, review us there, contact me through Facebook, contact me through the uh, Element of Surprise page on Facebook, contact me uh, by email at element.2017 at yahoo.com. That's the way to get in touch with me and hear our show. A few other shows I think that you guys should check out. Um, An old friend of mine that uh, back in the day when the Element of Surprise first started, started started in a basement in Monroeville, Pennsylvania, and uh, it was an internet radio show at the time, and it started with a man uh, affectionately known as Grimace. Uh, real name is Ryan McCormick. He hosts a very good talking uh, talk, open discussion talk podcast called uh, A Fireside Chat. Check him out. He's on iTunes um, or Libsyn.com. You can subscribe to him. Very funny guy. Very good stuff. Uh, also, he does a show with uh, Tiffany Moore called uh, Things We Watch in the Shadows or What We Watch in the Shadows. And uh, that's basically just them doing live commentary over 90s, 80s and 90s uh, television shows like Saved by the Bell, Perfect Strangers, things like that. Good stuff. Very funny stuff. Um, very observation, A lot of observational humor. Um, good stuff there. Also, uh, if you guys are comic book fans, if you guys are just fans of like, you know, the, um, I don't want to call it the geek world, but just like, you know, uh, movies, TV shows, uh, comic books, uh, basically all those... Uh, pop culture things that are very popular right now, check out the McSauce podcast. Uh, Ian Sharpley is an old friend. He's one of the hosts on that. And um, it, they, they go into basic detail about a lot of different stuff in pop culture right now. And um, you can actually watch their stuff on YouTube as uh, videos, or you can check them out on Podomatic as well. And uh, good stuff, funny stuff, very informative stuff. So check everybody out. And, uh, you know, stay tuned for some good stuff coming up. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this one. I got some good stuff planned coming up. I plan on doing a, uh, a wrestling-based podcast. Um, next time a buddy of mine that it actually became a pro wrestler is in town, I want to have him on as a guest. And we're just going to talk old-school pro wrestling and uh, what it's like for him being in the, uh, in the business. Um, I also got some stuff coming up. I, I've been teasing for a long time now, basically since I brought the show back about uh, doing an episode called Getting the Kinks Out, which is just going to be talking about kinks and fetishes. Um, still doing my homework on that, doing my research on that. I, I you know, I want to be accurate. I, I, I could sit down, turn my microphone on and fart into it. And, you know, anybody that wants to listen to that could, but I'd, I'd rather bring you something worth listening to. So still holding off on that one. I got some other stuff coming up too. So stay tuned, check out the Facebook page and, uh, you know, we'll be updating Keep, keep I'll be updating as soon as I know what's going on and uh, you know thank you guys take care and as always I'll leave you out with a song this is a particular favorite of mine it's one of the best songs ever written uh, 40% written by um, by Carl Burnett 40% written by Franklin Ania and a sweet sweet 20% written by William J. Regan the night begins to shine thank you guys and uh, we'll be we'll hear you again soon the
Yeah.